This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't know what examples of polygamy has like what examples can you think of where the wives hated each other? I I honestly don't. John and Kate plus eight. You do realize the plus eight were their children, right? Not John's wives. Oh no. (laughs) Oh dear. Wow, I've been recommending that show to the wrong people. (laughs) This is not good. I need to take that off of some lists that I have up online somewhere. I need, to, I, need to, I need to readjust that listicle I wrote for BuzzFeed. Welcome to The Crunch. It is your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. Ah! Oh my gosh. This is the worst day of my life. Are you okay? No. Do you need need some milk? I do need some milk. Let's start over. Nice Let's start, o- start over again I, so I don't yell this time. <laughs> That's a good way to start the podcast. <laughs> Welcome to The Crunch. It is your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. I'm Fraser Crane, and I'm listening. That, folks, is the sound of a man who's trying to keep it together. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I have a lot together. Oh, my gosh. Everybody I have a lot always, together. Everybody always looks at me, and they say, Ethan, you look like a guy who really is is uh, put together. I, I, have a, I have a little bit of a problem right now myself. I'm Do looking you? right now at my aroma diffuser in the corner of my office, and mm. oh my gosh, cedar wood. You ever smelled a cedar? No. That, that's, that, that tree. I don't know what's going on with that tree, but that tree <laughs> smells good. <laughs> hey, Phoebe, uh, Patrick met this tree, and uh, <laughs> the way he's been talking about it got me kind of worried. I'm sorry, Phoebes, but the tree, the trees are calling. I am the Lorax. I I think it's funny. First of all, I would like to pose this question to you. Yes. What do you think that I think about aroma diffusers? I think that you think my basic instinct and this is this is this is a good segue into our topic. Uh-huh. My first instinct is that you hate them and think that they're silly and effeminate. But my my knowledge says to me that your reaction was positive and that you enjoy aroma diffusers. <laughs> no, your first instinct is right. Is right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. I, the more, 
the more I, this and we can talk about this more as we get into the topic later but like okay this is unrelated but we were talking about like as a team just kind of knowing ourselves and knowing each other well and the girls w- would will come over to the house sometimes and if they go to the bathroom and like maybe they'll look into the shower and they'll see like on one side of the shower is like one bottle and on the other Dub side of the shower <laughs> on the other side of the shower is like seven bottles and they're like we know which side is ethan's <laughs> is the dub three and one your side it's the everyman jack if they had a four and one that was shampoo soap conditioner and toothpaste i would use it if that existed because <laughs> i could just do it all in the shower all at once that that i think i've seen that as like a joke oh really yeah dang it the reality is that soap is soap and everything is the same and putting it in separate bottles is just a way that the communists are trying to take all of our money but i'm still gonna buy three different things the one thing one thing that i will never buy into is beard shampoo i will never accept what's the difference is it every every website i've been on that happens to sell beard shampoo is like you're you're using you're using regular shampoo to shampoo your beard Wow, what a jerk. What an absolute moron. You are not real man. And they're like, you should buy ours. And I'm like, but the bottle is so small and it's $10. Ah, that's how they get you. you know? They tell you that you're not a real man and then they force you to buy a $10 bottle of something that will run out in two weeks. <laughs> I'm like, every everything, every, everything on my body has been cleaned with two types of shampoo. Two types of soap. Shampoo and body wash. So how is it possible everything. that my beard cannot be cleaned by both of those things? Every, all of it? Everything on my body is is either washed with body wash or shampoo. Yes. How did you? There's some logistical questions I might have to ask you after the show about how you got everything clean. Um, everything. <laughs> 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 no, I also been... started using bar soap that was like natural bar soap, and it smelled yeah. amazing, and it like made me smell amazing Irish for spring? days. No, oh. no, no, no. That's not. That's not natural. That's not all natural. You telling me that the Irish aren't natural? Yes, I'm oh, telling no. you the Irish aren't natural. <laughs> Please upset more of our listener base. Um, I used to use this like this like all natural pine mm. smelling, so, and it, it mm. smelled amazing. And I smelled amazing for days after using it. But Darn it was like right. nine dollars a bar, and the bar would run out in a week. And Oof. I was like, this is just Some untenable. People, whoever these people are that can afford expensive small soaps that's patreon.com slash the crunch (laughs) they're the kind of people when you talk about the quote upper class yeah that's who we're talking about this is the bourgeoisie i don't care if you have billions of dollars i care that you're spending nine dollars on one bar of soap once a week yeah if you have if you have a billion dollars and you lather up with irish spring or like the dollar stuff you can get at walgreens in my mind you're one of you're one of us i have infinitely more respect for a billionaire who uses four and one every man jack than for <laughs> a, someone who makes a hundred thousand dollars a year and buys beard balm or beard <laughs> shampoo yeah Just, we can't we uh we can't beard we balm. can't diss beard, beard balm because they sponsored us once. i have this idea for a bit <laughs> that maybe we could do this at sls i don't know um but it, hopefully it would be funny it'd be like you know have you ever seen those commercials where it's like harry's shave club that's like if you buy this kit you'll get yeah this special relaxing butter and this special please cream. i don't want to put butter on me i well i was thinking like we would just go to the store and i would get like a stick of butter and some sour cream and then like <laughs> r- like rub a razor against my face be like it's not working <laughs> Barry's Shave Club is really Barry's Barry's like, eight dollars Shave Club. Yeah, 
I thought that would you be, can you can you funny. can get our you can get our special butt wipes, huh? You can get our special butt wipes, and it's just baby wipes. You've never seen those? <laughs> I know about butt wipes. Yeah, but like they do they, they sell, sell butt wipes these, for like, men? bougie butt wipes? No, yeah, for men. No, yeah, no, they no, do. no, 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 no. Yeah, that's all. Do. This all of this is wrong. Back in my day, <laughs> we used to use sticks to clean ourselves. We would uh-huh. just we would just rub. <laughs> we, would just, we would just run out into the field. Uh huh. If you got dirty, down. you got dirty. You get yourself a stick and you just kind of <laughs> just whack you, each other with. You, it. Clean, <laughs> you hit it off the guy next to you. That's why communal living. When you hit him, it, like communal living is so important nowadays. This is what we talk about: the American experiment having failed. We're all so far apart. You got your neighbor, your your neighbor's <laughs> next closest neighbor's living hundred yards, two hundred yards away from you. How are you supposed to whack that guy with a stick? <laughs> how are you supposed to get all the way you, over to how him? How are you supposed to clean him if he's in his own house? You got to drive your Escalade over there, knock on the yeah. door, and then hit him with the stick. It's just not practical. <laughs> it's just not practical, and, that, and that, that's why everyone that's why everyone started putting showers in their homes mm. instead of outhouses, communal outhouses. That's what on your actually, way back from the outhouse. No, oh yeah, pick up a stick. It's actually what they used to have the gallows for is they would take the stinkiest people <laughs> and then they would put them in the in the gallows in the city square and you'd come up and you hit him with a stick and it'd be like a communal <laughs> sort of let's help clean this guy's act up. Do you mean stocks? What did I say? Gallows? You said gallows. Gallows oh, no. is where they kill the stinky Gallows. People. Well, that's what the Well, if you if you couldn't get somebody clean, you only had one option. <laughs> one other option, you got to put them in the dirt. <laughs> let's kill them. Oh, Let's make gosh. him one with the dirt instead of trying to separate them. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't. It wasn't actually anything to do with crime. It was just you know. There's you're no dirty. crime. No. The crime. only the only crime is expensive soap. <laughs> <laughs> and it sucks because I want to be that rich that I can buy nine dollars soap. But I know in my heart of hearts that even if I was that rich, even if everyone donated to Patreon.com/slash/TheCrunch and gave twenty dollars a month. And received a free mug that I have yet to send out. Yeah, I know I still would not be able to afford. Where's my mug? Where's your mug? Yeah, it's right there. I'm looking at it right now. There's your mug. I'm There's upset. Face. Hey, here's an idea. This is something I'm just. I'm gonna do what you do sometimes and come up with ideas for the podcast and then put them Talk on about the show it on the podcast without warning you beforehand. We should do a. <laughs> we should do a logo redesign contest. Ooh, logo redesign contest. Yeah. I like it. I think because there's a lot of talented artists that follow this show and listen to us or that we know online. And I think keeping like the basic core idea of the bowl um, and the cereal, but making it a bit more, a bit less, a bit less what it is now and a bit more something A bit less what it is now. And we'll even send you the vector files so you can like mess around with it yourself. Goodness knows that Patrick never sent me the vector files. Yeah, I just keep never getting around to it. Even though I asked him a lot. A lot. And he never (laughs) sent them to me to do it myself. So I'm forced to come to my last resort, which is paying someone else to do it. I need to stop publicly announcing that I slack off. Mrs. Johnson, if you're listening to this, I did send them This is going down in history. Somebody's going to listen to this in a couple years and be like, wow. Poor Patrick. Poor Patrick. He says so much going on. So anyway, how's <laughs> I was gonna ask you how your week is going, but I I, I don't I don't want to ask that. Dog, it's okay, I, it's good. It's the last week of class before everyone's done, and so it's just a lot of honestly. It's like <laughs> this is gonna sound super <laughs> annoying to everybody who actually has finals or busy things going on. Right yeah, now. but like my job right now is just to hang out with people who are studying for finals, 
and <laughs> which really means like I can't do a whole lot while they're actually setting. So most of my job for the past like four days has just been literally playing video games and uh, <laughs> going to get food and eating snacks. And Great. I played played Age of Empires three for like four hours yesterday, just wow. with a bunch of guys who were coming in and out, like taking breaks. We set That's up focus.com slash give slash Ethan Stevie. <laughs> we had one of those, uh, the, you know, the USB steering wheels. Yeah. We had oh, yeah. like formula one racing set up in one of our rooms. So you could pop in and like do a, do a race. <laughs> like literally okay. all I've done the past couple of last night, I played Diablo three for an hour and a half. And I was, I named. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole point of Diablo is like, you you're fighting the forces of the undead, right? You're like, okay, and ultimately fair. the end game is like you fight Diablo himself at the end of Ooh. the, yeah. And so I was like, Hmm, I could name my character something good, right? Like St. John Vianney or something like that. Yeah, super holy or whatever. But I was like, Hmm, but then they would they would be very obvious that I was like coming to attack, and so I named him Hitler too, so that he could sneak <laughs> past the defenses, <laughs> and they wouldn't they wouldn't suspect anything, and then he would take him down from the inside. <laughs> That's perfect. So I've been doing stuff like that for the past couple of days. So it's been like a busy, but not but a different kind of busy. It's like all of my yeah. time is spent very intentionally doing nothing. When you said USB steering wheel, it reminded me of something. Mm-hmm. Did you ever play that Thomas the Tank Engine game? Dun, 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 Do you know dun, the one dun, I'm talking dun, about? <laughs> you would... <laughs> you would take this big, like, this big, like, train conductors, like, I've pulleys never, and levers. I've never heard of this before. And you would strap it to the keyboard, and you would, like, pull You're the kidding. lever, and it would, like, hit buttons underneath the keyboard, and it oh. would move the train. That sounds like an incredible idea for a game. It was Very, sick. I've never, I have not heard of it before. It was so great. I played it. I What's was it like, called? I, just Thomas the Tank Engine takes over your life. Yeah. Tom, yeah. Seriously, it's like this is the this is the first this is the first game that what ever like objective? I was addicted to. I don't remember. This I is what remember. I don't understand about train games because it's not like a driving game where you can crash. <laughs> There's just the one way to go. Yeah, it was really straight. terrifying because you couldn't turn around and look backwards. <laughs> Also, so, your face is permanently attached to the front of a train. Yeah, so it made the whole first-person aspect, like, really boring. <laughs> yeah. There's no, like, hands, you know? You ever think about how Thomas the Tank Engine and the movie Cars take place in the same universe? I have thought about that. And also the fact, like, I feel bad for Thomas. <laughs> Obviously, there's that horrendous time where they uh, they locked up that one train, or, like, they brick-walled they brick him in because oh, it yeah. was a bad train. But I'm just thinking about like eternally, like you can only change your face when the camera pans away from you. Like while somebody's looking at you, you can't change your expression, which I think is. Was that how it worked? Yeah. Well, I never saw, at least when I, I the shows that I remember seeing, <laughs> they never, they just had the one expression. <laughs> and then I think they would change out a sad train for a happy train when they needed to. It was weird, man. Oh, that is funny. Yeah, no, you know that's totally about? true. Like their face didn't like shift emotions. No, they, they didn't just had one. They did emotion. not have robotic trains that <laughs> that had facial. Was it like live action? I don't remember Thomas the Tank Engine. I the just show, remember this game. I don't remember the game. I, I can't speak for the game, but the show was live action insofar don't. as it was real trains that they just videoed. 
and voiced over. Don't watch the anime if you haven't read the manga. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But my okay, so I did save this story for the podcast. Okay, I didn't okay. even tell it to Father Anthony on the Please. way in. Oh, let's um, go. Oh, I Exclusive have such a beef. Hold content. on. This is another I have a beef with them now and Why? Caitlin T with Tolkien at T with Tolkien because Why? um she was she was introducing her son or something or maybe maybe her husband. I don't know. She's introducing some boy to all of her podcasts she listened to. She's like, This is clerically speaking, they talk about the faith, et cetera, et cetera. This is the crunch. They talk about clerically speaking. <laughs> I was like, "Dang it, we, this is this is the curse. This is the curse." You're just reinforcing are. the meme now by doing it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was funny. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I was in I was at adoration this morning. Oh, and a mom walked in. One of my youth group moms walked mm-hmm. in with this. This family has eleven kids. God bless them. We they're they're living the dream. Um, <laughs> but uh, she walked in with her youngest, a little baby in a carriage and baby. the baby was like conked out. And I was like, this is, this is great. But mom sits down, baby wakes up right as she sits down <laughs> and then just starts babbling. And, and the mom looked so embarrassed. And I was like, listen, it's fine. Is it's a ba- babies do this. Like, I don't you think can't- you understand. I listen to a baby babble every week on Wednesday from one to 3 PM. And then we post it. <laughs> For thousands of listeners every Sunday. Every I'm, Sunday. I'm not bothered by this. I'm not bothered by this at all. Um, best best part of the story is when uh, the baby, I just heard, I heard like the deepest toot I've ever heard in my life. Mm. And I looked and it could only have come from the baby. <laughs> it was the, the direction where the sound had come from, but it was, it was an, it was a, it was an adult level. Wow. Fart. Um, the kid's going but, places. Yeah, right. But the baby kept babbling and the mom was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, everyone. And she like picked up the carriage and like started leaving. I ran after. I was like, hey, hey, if you want to go pray, like I'm finished. I will watch your baby out here while you go pray. And so I got to I got to hang out with a baby Aww. for like 10 minutes. It That's was great. so sweet. She only cried twice. No, I'm just kidding. Only once. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like it was like this really funny like frown, very exaggerated lip like like it, it almost looked not real mm-hmm. and so i just kind of laughed at it and mm-hmm. then she just stopped like when i laughed she just stopped crying isn't it crazy how babies just take yeah. cues from the adults around them right they're just like if like if you furrow your brow just a little bit when the baby cries and they're, and they're like, like oh no something's wrong then they're like oh i was right something is wrong <laughs> <laughs> they're justified my, and then they double down and they double down they're like yeah i'm gonna cry real hard now I was at one time I was at my friend's house and his little godson, his nephew was like running around and clunked his head into the couch. Oh no. And stopped and like looked up at everyone. Mm-hmm. Am I okay? And looked around and I was like everyone no one no one moved. Ask him if he's okay. No one No one, no one say breathe. anything. He can smell fear. He can smell <laughs> sadness and then one of the girl goes, "Oh, are you okay?" And then like a switch, he just goes ah! <laughs> It was like he stood there for five seconds just looking around and then just started crying. Mm. I was like, that's incredible. That's, so anyway, I mean, there's a case for ignoring children here. There is a case. I mean, if we just don't. <laughs> we just never talk to them. If we don't pay attention, they're never, never going to cry. Exactly. That's, that's, I just want everyone to know I don't believe that. That's <laughs> a, this is a disclaimer officially right here. Pay attention to your for kids. For all the ladies listening, Ethan will Josh, never ignore babies. Josh, I know you're listening right now. <laughs> Take Shut care up. of my godson. Oh, I thought you were talking about the other Josh. No, not that Josh. I'm talking about <laughs> Josh, my best friend, who I'm the godfather of his son. Anyway, one 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 thing 
Yeah. You were talking about the show publicly in front of our audience. And oh, no. so I need to mention one more thing. The oh, final stage God. of the rebrand <laughs> that we're still in the midst of, everyone, listen. Oh, the final stage of the rebrand is coming soon. Oh, no. Okay. We just talked about this earlier. I don't know what you're talking about. I know about. we did. Uh, the final stage of the rebrand is coming. The crunch. I know everyone knows this already, but we are kind of like coming to solidify this as our as our thing. What makes what is the crunch? The crunch is discussions about spirituality. Discussion over instruction. It's discussion over with, instruction. With bumpers and about the Summa Tweetologica and <laughs> we two are priests. here's the thing. Catching foxes is the father. Clerically speaking is the spirit, and we are the son. We are in the middle. We both proceed from and have a procession from us. We are the center of the Trinity, of correctly speaking, catching foxes in the crunch. The three C's of Catholicism. Okay. And I really I hate this. If I'm anyway, being serious, but I, I truly believe if you listen to all three of those podcasts, you're gonna get everything you need to know. Yeah, you're, if your, you listen to all three covered. of us, you're gonna be you're gonna be great. You're gonna know how to talk to people about Catholicism. You're gonna know everything you need to know about Catholicism. And you're gonna go right to heaven because you listen to clerically speaking. I'm sorry, that's just how it happens. Boom. I know. I know. Like other podcasts are Catholic, but no, these no. are the only ones you need. There's not other ones. There's not other ones. Um, there doesn't need to be other ones. Long story short, if you have an idea of someone that you want to have be on the show, that's info at thecrunchcast.com because I feel like I'm kind of exhausted all of my contacts at this point. <laughs> And they don't have to be Catholic. They can be. They don't have to be Catholic. Yeah. If you know like a creator or like internet person who is Christian, whether explicitly or implicitly, let us know, please. I love love an implicit Christian. Yeah. It's It's my favorite kind. The explicitly being like, I exclusively make Christian content versus like, I am a Christian who makes content. That's what I mean. You know? Yeah. 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 Like Kanye. Like Kanye. Yeah. Who? Let's have Kanye on the podcast. Speaking of, <laughs> sorry, I was trying to hold in a cough and it just didn't, yeah, it was just dead air. Didn't work you out. Just coughed. I should have just coughed. Yeah, the only the only, you know what you know what uh, separates us from clerically speaking though, uh, the fact that we don't make transitions. A lot of age, here's the hot take time machine. A lot of wisdom, <laughs> holy orders. And the fact that we talk over each other. Welcome to the hot take time machine. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) This is a segment every week where Patrick talks over me as I try to introduce the segment. We we like to share our hot takes from social media uh, five years or older, typically. Sometimes newer. If you have a hot take that you want us to read on the air and, and joke and laugh about, send it in. Ethan at thecrunchcast.com, Patrick at thecrunchcast.com. Patrick, let it rip. Beyblade. Oh boy. Oh boy. I have a good I have a good one this week. Let's so go. um Do you remember that song Let Her Go? Do you remember the wrong song? No, not that one. Different song. Let Her Go. Let Her Go. You only need the light when it's burning low. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, Okay, so on December 26, 2013, at the height of that song's popularity, the wintertime when everyone is sad, mm-hmm. I said, I feel like anyone can do a good cover of Let Her Go. That's not necessarily bad, but it's also not good. <laughs> wow. You really were hopping into the hot 
cultural topics of the age, weren't you? Everyone, everyone Tapping was making in. covers of it. Everyone with a gosh darn ukulele. Because all you have to do is go like, YouTube. like you just have yeah. to do that, and then you got it. Yeah, it w- it was the most annoying song of the year because. I don't know if it's because the guy had a British accent. I know people with British accents. They uh, don't all sing like that. I'm not racist. I know people with British accents. Bro. I know people with British accents. <laughs> I married someone with a British accent. My huh? wife is a British accent. Huh? Huh? What? <laughs> but yeah, it was... You remember that song. Can we sing it or will we get copyright I think. Just I, kidding. We're podcasts. Okay. This reminds me of a time a couple days ago. Uh-huh. I, went, I got into the car with one of my teammates... And it was very cold, um, mm-hmm. seeing as it's December. And I was shivering, and I started to make some noises. This is making me – I'm, I'm saying this because it made me realize, like, you can do a lot with your voice, you know? And yeah. you can – You know, I was thinking about that, and I was, they reminded me <laughs> of this time where I was in this car, and I was shivering, and I was going – and I was I kept doing stuff like that and it was kind of <laughs> it was kind of imitating after the language that they spoke in uh, Atlantis the Lost Empire. Uh-huh. But also it was really just I've me. Never seen that movie. You've never seen that movie? No, I've never seen that movie. Very good. You should check it out. But it was also um it was funny because Brianna was was getting like kind of weirded out by it. She's like, "Ethan, what are you doing?" And I was like, And the best part was we got to where we were going. It was, yeah, kind of Gollum-esque, and we got out the car, and I had my hoodie on, and so I throw my hood up, and I bent down really <laughs> low, and I ran in front of her like this. You can't, audio listeners can't see this, but... Uh, but it's very creepy. It's, and I had the hood up, and I ran, like, right in front of her, out from, like, b- the back of her car when she wasn't expecting me, and I went, <laughs> and she screamed <laughs> so loud. <laughs> Uh, reminds me of that time that everybody was doing covers of Let Her Go, huh? Yeah, really. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I just I just wanted to share that story because I thought it was. Pretty it is, funny. but have you seen have you seen that that Gus Johnson video, the every ukulele song ever? No, but oh, it's uh, so funny. He literally he came up with every every joke idea I've ever had and just put it every into joke a video. idea I've ever had. Gus Johnson's already done. Yeah. It, do you okay? So I for me. Yeah. The point of no return was when Twenty One Pilots came out with that cover of. Uh, can't help falling in love with you. It's Tyler Joseph from 21 Pilots mm-hmm. with a freaking ukulele, mm-hmm. and he's walking down the street and he's singing "Can't Help Falling in Love with You." That year, I heard that song from every woman ever. I think every every girl younger than me in high school learned how to play the ukulele that year, mm-hmm. and only knew how to sing that song in "Somewhere Over the Rainbow." If I'm being honest, I have no idea what song that is, but. It's an Elvis song. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I've i long believed that um, the world would be better off. And this is not a personal attack directed at anybody. This is just a general statement from a guy who's kind of a miser. Um, <laughs> I think the world would be better off if when the opportunity presented itself for somebody to play the ukulele and or guitar and sing, if they just didn't do it. If they just didn't do it. I And I, as someone who plays the guitar, I agree Because it's like – you might have a, a little local talent show or you might have like people just kind of hanging out or whatever. And it's like, here's the thing. Professional <laughs> musicians make a lot of money for a reason. It's cause you have to be really good to do it. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, um, 
it's just there's something about it that like you like being kind of forced to sit there and watch somebody. I'm yeah. never gonna I'm never gonna say this out loud to them. To them, we're about to say it on a no, podcast, like but yeah, no, 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 no. Okay, let me be clear. I support people putting themselves out there, sharing stuff that they're working on hard, right? That's awesome. Absolutely. I'm going to applaud, and I'm going to say good job. I'm going to say thank you. But, like, it's just not my thing, you know? It's just not my cup of tea to listen to people who are decent to do something that's – like, I would never sit – this is why I don't tell people about the <laughs> podcast because I'm like, it's just why would I force you to listen to something? At least you can pause a podcast. You can't pause someone's doing <laughs> – doing the ukulele in front of you you can't pause someone who like you is in the other room at a party and yeah. you were not you were not ready for this yeah the 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 one my breaking point was when i was in college when i was a sophomore in college and someone yeah. was playing the ukulele can't help falling in love with you and yeah. i love that song phoebe sings it it's great but she was singing that song in the student center at the most echoey part oh, no. and it was obvious that she was doing it for attention oh, and it no. was like stop just be don't don't bother people in public to get their attention Mm -hmm. don't do that but there is not there's a difference between that and like playing a song that everybody knows and then everybody sing like leading people in a song there's like a total difference yeah it's like let's be together as a community or like i'm just seeing this to myself for fun but then there's like i want everyone to look at me it's like why most people get into stand-up comedy uh do you want to hear my hot take I do. All right. This is a good one. I can tell by the tone of your voice. <laughs> <laughs> They're Welcome all back pretty to NPR. Good. I'm Ira Glass. October 23rd, 2013. Mm. Good year. 7.37 p.m. Good time. Yeah. Just after dinner, letting that uh, turkey tetrazzini marinate uh, <laughs> in the old chamber. Um, and this this comes popping out. <clears throat> People don't believe me when I say Nicholas Sparks is relationship pornography for girls. Hashtag tweet your unpopular opinion. One retweet. No likes. Um, you're not wrong. John Green, similarly, is actual pornography for teenagers. Um, Does he have sex in it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... Oh, my gosh. That's weird to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I... I, I I have gone on this crusade several times throughout my life. Young adult novels are the worst kind of smut ever because it's 30 year old men writing stories about teenagers touching each other. That's yeah. weird. And no one talks about it. Yeah. It's weird. Can you imagine being like 36 and writing a story and be like, man, I bet this is going to get their rocks yeah. hard. You know, I don't, yeah, really. I don't I'm know like, an appropriate way to say horny, but I did cause talk, <laughs> talking about teenagers. Cause it's like, it's teenagers. We shouldn't even have yeah. to discuss it. That's weird. It is weird. It's weird. And they might be and like, well, I, teenagers are having sex anyway, so I'm just writing about what's true. And it's like, uh. Yeah, but like, you shouldn't think about it. Yeah. You know? You have to. Yeah, it's just. There's like there's like a social me. boundary you have to cross. And then someone likes it enough to publish it. And then you just have to keep crossing that line worse and worse. But yeah, like, um, I read this one book that was like John Green-esque. It was a 40-year-old guy. And it was taught. It was it was from the third. It was from the first person. And at the end of the book, um, the the main character suggested to the reader that uh, the reader had um, done certain acts in response to the previous scene. Oh! And instructed the reader to do so. Oh! And I'm like, whoa! How? How is that not illegal? Whoa! How is, is that not illegal? This is a book directed at teenagers. Yeah. Oh whoa. yeah. 
That right? Because oh my gosh, that's like that's very illegal. That's so weird. Yeah, you need to do an expose. Start a YouTube channel. Light this guy up. No, I can't. I don't have enough expose. Clout to do that. Expose. Expose. But yeah, I see what you mean. Have you ever read that book, uh, Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers? I have not read that book. Very popular book. Hold on. I have it right here. I'm going to show you the cover. It's right on the bottom of my bookshelf. It's in the giveaway pile. Okay. I'll sit here and wait for you to come back. I'm right here. Okay. Well, you're out of frame. This book. You might as well be gone. Have you seen this book? I've not seen that book. Okay. Why do you have it? So... Because someone suggested it to me, and it was $5. It was on sale, and so I I bought it. And it's like, this book is like 500 pages long. And it's essentially a retelling of the story of Hosea and Gomer. Okay. (laughs) Um, That's good, right? But in like the 1800s. But it's a bad retelling of of Hosea. Like, the, the main character of the book... So it's told it's told from the man's point of view, um, but the main character of the book is this guy who's like basically perfect, and the other main character is a prostitute, and he like God tells him to go marry her. Ah, um, and like outside of the context of ancient Israel, when mm-hmm. like God telling prophets to do things was commonplace, it yeah. seems really strange. It like, does, and like the girl is pretty against it, but he kind of just wears her down, and it's like. He calls her Terza, which means beloved in Hebrew. Okay. But for a random guy in America in 1800s, he used that word all the time. It's weird. And so the entire book... Sounds like some someone just wrote Bible fan fiction. Yeah, it's essentially Bible fanfic. And it's like... Which is cool, Yeah, it's I basically guess. emotional pornography for Christian women. Oh. Yeah, and, and so I, 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 got, I, got like, I got like halfway through it. And I was like, I, is it going to be this? Because the book of Hosea is long. Yeah. Gomer runs away and comes back several times and she got every single runaway comeback, runaway comeback. And yeah, it's just it's just strange. And it says the it sets the wrong example. Like the reason why Hosea was um the reason why Hosea was called to marry Gomer was to as an analogy for God's love for Israel. Yeah. That was the purpose. That was the main purpose. The secondary purpose was Gomer's salvation, sure. But this whole thing secondary. was not as important. Yeah, second. It was secondary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like it's just funny it's, talk about someone's yeah. salvation is like as secondary. Secondary. Yeah. But I guess it was you. secondary reason. Obviously, yes. her salvation was first. Anyway, no, you're fine. I'm just busting your balls. But <laughs> kind of like these authors trying to. Anyway, <laughs> but in this book, in this book, the whole reason why God sends him after this girl is so that she can be saved. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's just strange to have that as a good thing yeah and not it as, seems like the yeah i mean we've talked about wild at heart before but it seems like this kind of reverse idea of like oh i'm gonna be saved by a man pursuing me yeah like it's just so i can see how that's obviously not explicitly and no i very few christian women are gonna be like oh this is what i believe about relationships about marriage about yeah. marriage but it's a subtle idea that can be pushed that replaces jesus with yeah um our human relationships i would say that most i mean most people who are in a relationship or like living a good christian life or have some kind of understanding of relationships wouldn't believe that but i could totally see how like a young girl Uh or a young man 
if um, the reason I say young girls is really men wouldn't really read this book. <laughs> I was told to read it by a man, so I was like, I'm sure, but I don't understand why I would read this book like on my own. Um, it could be easily manipulated by a story like that. It's the yeah. same. Re- it's the same reason why like young women in high school are manipulated by romantic comedies yeah. or are manipulated by uh, what was that movie we just referenced? Or John Green? John yeah. Green. Yeah, we're manipulated by John Green. Boys are manipulated by things like Dune and. Star War. <laughs> Boys are manipulated by Dune. It's like Boys yeah, are manipulated by Dune. I think is... I think that true romance is climbing up atop a giant sandworm and <laughs> a gigantic sandworm storming and controlling a city. it for miles. Yes. <laughs> Let's <laughs> Oh gosh. I mean that's this the dream. That's the dream, isn't it? Isn't it? Um I just want to get back to the original tweet. The real reason I tweeted that obviously was not to indict Nicholas Sparks, but it was to show all the women online that I was in fact a sensitive guy who cared about them. <laughs> so um, that I did in fact read Nicholas. Sparks. That I did in fact read Nicholas Sparks and then say, man, I'm too good for this, but you know what? I'm not too good for a relationship with one of you ladies. Of Twitter. So <laughs> date me, date me, please. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I okay. Hot take time machine ground rules time. What? How often should I bring up dramatic subtweets from when I was a sophomore in high school? Uh, Once? No times? Zero times. Please say zero times. Zero times. <laughs> I was looking through my tweets from when I was a sophomore, and boy, oh boy, was I dramatic. Uh, I'm a drama king. I'm. This is surprising no one. <laughs> okay. Crunch on that. <laughs> now it's time for crunch on that. Keep this is a call back to last week. Keep going. <laughs> Please don't make me. I can't think of anything else. Okay. So, Ethan. Uh-huh. Do you have anything else to say about the hot day time? No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. Okay. Cool, cool. <clears throat> <clears throat> so, <laughs> I have been reading one of the most awesome books that's not true. One of the most nerdiest books I've ever read in my life. Okay. The Bible? The Bible. This is a book. No, close. This is also by a guy from Israel. <laughs> okay. Um, no, seriously. So this this book is called Thinking Fast and Slow, and it's mm. by this guy named Daniel Kahneman. Yes. And he was a, you know this I've book? I've heard of it. It's so good. Okay. Um, I read this other book that was a story of his life with this guy, Amos Tversky. You heard of him? Uh, isn't he the guy that taught John Paul II how to pray the rosary? No, oh, that's, that's... Jan Ternowski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy is Jewish. Oh. Um, so if he did, then wow. <laughs> um, so they they were like friends, and they're like total opposites, but somehow they formed this like great friendship, and they sat down and discussed – every day they discussed our impressions of things and like why our instincts are wrong sometimes. Mm. 
And so they would come up with these thought experiments and they would judge what their first inclinations are versus what is actually true. For instance, for instance, um, a baseball bat. This is a brain teaser for you, Ethan, oh, and for no. everyone playing along at home. Okay. A baseball bat and a baseball together cost a dollar ten. Okay. The baseball, sorry, the bat is a dollar more than the baseball. What did the ball cost? Ten cents. No, because if the ball costs ten cents and the baseball bat is a dollar more, the total price would be a dollar twenty. Uh, okay. The baseball, the baseball costs five cents and the baseball bat costs a dollar five because the baseball bat is a dollar more than the baseball but 85 percent of ivy league students got it wrong yeah because you didn't give me any time to think that's the that's the point is like the instinct is the wrong answer it's the easiest answer you say a dollar it's a dollar more okay fine a dollar and ten but your instincts are wrong but once you like think about it a little more i knew i was ivy league material baby you're ivy league material baby i got it wrong too because i was driving and I was focused on the road. Okay. So like he brings this up. It's like there's system one and system two. Mm-hmm. This is why it's called thinking fast and slow. It's because system one is fast and system two is a little slower and more deliberate. So system one is your first impression. And system two, that's responsibility is to check that system uh-huh. when necessary. But often we don't. Well, where the hell was system why, two? Where the hell was system two? <laughs> it was because you 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 didn't you didn't use it because you were like Oh, well, I don't need to use it right now because I already got to an answer. Uh, I'm just, I just don't care enough to get to the answer, which is fine. It's not a real problem, you know? Gosh, I can't believe I got it wrong in front of everybody. Yeah, I know. It's okay. You're going to get another one wrong, too. Okay, cool. I can't wait. Um, but see, now the problem is now you're trying to get things right, and so you're going to think about it a little more, no, but I it's won't. still it's still fine. I promise I won't. Okay, so when I got the question wrong, I was in my system two was engaged in another thing. I was driving around a hard road. Mm. So my, my, my slow thinking mind was like, I need to get this turn correct, so I'm just going to say it's a dollar because I don't want to think about it anymore, yeah. but I was wrong. Yeah. Okay. So, crime rate in Michigan. Okay. I want you to estimate the crime rate in Michigan, high, medium, or low. What is the crime rate in Michigan? Low. Why do you say that? Because people in Michigan are nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. What if I told you, what if I reminded you that Detroit is in Michigan? It still means it's low. Detroit doesn't make up the entire population of the state. Yeah, okay, that's good. All right. But did you remember that Detroit was in the state of Michigan? I did. Okay. So people that remembered, usually people that remembered that Detroit was in the state of Michigan, they said that crime in Michigan is high. Oh, yeah. People who forgot said it's low. But because of exactly what you said, people in Michigan are nice. Mm -hmm. They think of rivers. They think of trees. They think of Canada, you know? Um, it's actually right in the middle. Oh, really? Yeah, it's actually like right in the middle of the crime stats for, um, for the country. Now, what about New York, the state of New York? Where is it oh, at? Oh gosh, I don't want to. High, medium, or low? I don't want to answer this one. Come on, give it to me. What's your first instinct? It doesn't matter what just, you want to say. Low again. I say low. What, was that your first instinct? Yes, it was. Okay, so it actually is really low. Boom, baby. Yeah, it's lower than South Dakota. Really? It's lower than Kansas. Well, that's the thing is because, yes, there's millions and millions of people in New York, but like that's the th- so one crime is so much less of a percentage than that's just math is like yeah. one one crime in Kansas is worth two in the bush in New York. Exactly. That's the point. And so yeah. um, when you think about it statistically, but your instinct is like New York, New York City is like one of the highest crimes is in the in the world. Right. Yeah. It's got so many people. So the crime, the crime rate must be higher there. No. But if you think about it a little longer, 
you'd say that it's low. Yeah. So it's all about what your system one focuses on. If you focus on Detroit, you're more likely to say that it's high. If you don't focus on Detroit, you're more likely to say that it's low. Mm -hmm. Similarly, if you focus on New York City, you're more likely to say New York crime rate is high versus low. Yeah. So this is what brings me to my prayer this morning. All right. Is it another brain teaser? No. Oh, okay. The brain teasers are done. Okay. Thank you for concluding that section of the podcast. I love these. Okay. This book is full of brain teasers and they're so funny. Like one of them, I can't, I can't remember any of the good ones. Okay. But there was some where it's like, is it more likely that – um. So, like, this girl, this random person, Amy, mm. she reads a lot of books. Yes. And um, or so she's a scientist. Is it likely that she uh, grew up in – what's more likely, that she grew up in this place, she did this in high school, and or she, like, had this hobby and also plays D&D? &D. Mm. And, like – People would say, I forget exactly how to say it. So one of one of the, let's just put it this way. I don't know. They described a person named Amy and they said, what's more likely that she's a bank teller or that she's a bank teller and plays Dungeons and Dragons. Oh. And because of the way they described her, mm -hmm. they said B, mm -hmm. that she's more likely to be a bank teller and play Dungeons and Dragons, even though statistically that's, that's, that's more, there's more odds. There's more odds at play there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not explaining this right because I wasn't prepared for no, this it's one, okay. but it's okay. it was, it was interesting. Carry on. Irregardless. <laughs> That's not a real word. It's not. Um, my system one, I was driving I was driving in, listening to this audiobook, and I was about to go to the chapel. And he started talking about that marshmallow experiment. Do you know the one I'm talking about where they put kids in front of a marshmallow? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. They put kids in front of a marshmallow, and they're like, hey, if you don't eat this for five minutes, I'll come back and give you two marshmallows. And it's all about delayed gratification. They would keep doing that, and they would see when the kids broke. And then they followed up with that that program 20 years later. And saw the kids that did better in the marshmallow experiment did better with in their grades, lower punishment, disciplinary action, etc. Because they had this low, they had this like high ability of self-control, right, etc. And so I was driving in and I was like, oh no, I have low self-control, but I... But I didn't get into trouble in school. And he also said that people that are people that are better at school are less likely to have higher self-control, right? And so I was like, I have low self-control. But then I sat and I thought and I was like, what what is my system one saying? My gut instinct is that I am a person that is selfish and has no self-control. But it's because when I look back on myself when I was a child, I think about this one incident. <laughs> oh, no. Where I stole someone's biscotti. Oh, no. I know. I was a huge jerk. And I lied about it. Mm. And I still feel bad about it. But I tried to make amends and I gave her like a snack ticket. Yeah. Just be like, hey, I'm sorry you lost your biscotti. I don't know who did that, but here's this thing. And my teacher was like, okay, that's obviously a sign of guilt, but I'm not going to like call you out. And so I think about that and I'm like, wow, I have really low self-control. But that's one incident. Mm -hmm. That's the Detroit, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this one, this one thing that I did defines my picture, my image of myself when I focus on it. And so... I was thinking about Matthew 7, 1, like, judge not lest ye be judged. Yeah. And we think about that in the sense of, like, judging other people's actions. Mm -hmm. Beams and But I was, I was, I that. brought it to prayer today about myself. Okay. Right? Like, I'm very bad at judging myself because I put the emphasis on the wrong thing. So I'm bringing this to you, Ethan, mm. to ask you, what do you think about this? How can I stop being so judgmental? What is a good way to get the... I'm very bad at... Human beings can't get the full picture of a person. Right. 
So how do I get the full picture of myself? Mm. Are you talking more about judging yourself now or just judging your past? Or is it both? Well, I mean, yeah, because it's like the past, the past kind of determines, yeah. well, it doesn't really. But like, because I'm obviously, I wouldn't steal someone's lunch, you know, now. Sure. Because I'm, I'm not a child. But like using past actions to decipher who I am, mm-hmm. is that something that I should be doing at all? Yes. Cool. Um, so which ones do I give more weight to? Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> is this is impossible to do um, by yourself, I believe. I would say that there's – I'm biased because I'm a focused missionary and I have to live a very intense communal life in order to do mm-hmm. my job. But the the result of that has been I feel like I know myself so much better um, than I would have if I went straight into the workforce and got an engineering job and worked with people but only on a surface level, right? And I wasn't sharing my life, my prayer, my soul with them. Um, interesting. Yeah. And so I just, I'm thinking of a couple things of just like living with Alexander and having conversations about, um, how we respond to things and how we, and this is good for you cause you're about to get married. So like this is, that's true. I am. This is like an opportunity that you have with Phoebe of unpacking the, I think something that's really helped me and maybe this can help you too is, um, the temperaments. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that at least for myself, has unlocked a, like a window into, okay, this is my tendency to respond to this in this way and to view myself in a certain way. Um, but when it comes to judging, so it's like there's a difference between knowing yourself and judging yourself. I am, I'm so harsh on myself all the time. Oh my gosh, me too. Yeah, and, I, and you're the same way. So it's like anytime, yeah, and I have a lot of biscotti incidents that I'll, that I'll go back to. <laughs> of this this defines me this thing that I did when I was in second grade this thing that I did when I was in uh, you know 11th grade this thing that I did when I was a freshman in college this thing that I did when I was a senior in college this thing that I, I did. take time machine brings up a lot of those exactly things. this thing that I did last <laughs> year last month last week like these are the things that I find myself holding on to yeah. and as usual I don't think there's a for you, you have the benefit of a relationship with Jesus that you get to, that helps you with all of this. Mm. And so to try and solve this without Jesus seems silly in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so I think something that they talk about, um, or that Brother Lawrence talks about in Practice of the Presence of God, he says, whenever there's anything that happens that I know was sinful or imperfect or something that you that would be like a, a Detroit moment for you in that day, that week, that month, or that year, whatever it might be. Um, I feel bad that we're using Detroit to describe our... Poor Detroit. <laughs> poor Detroit. But he says, like, I he just immediately lifts it to the Lord and trusts the mercy of the Father and then continues about his day with complete trust and complete faith. And so mm-hmm. it's... The, the, the best part about Jesus coming is that you don't have to judge yourself. Is that yeah. like the Jesus comes and brings infinite mercy for everybody. And so I still feel like I have a lot of things that I'm holding on to that I use to judge myself and say, well, this is the kind of person you are. And and that's those are ways that I don't allow the father to tell me who I am as his son, because identity is not something that we create from inside of ourselves. It's something that's given to mm-hmm. us. And so it's like it's a combination of all of these things of like 
what are you still holding on to and why are you still holding on to it? Should you really be holding on to anything? Yeah. Should I really be holding on to the biscotti incident? Should you be? No. And I don't think, yeah, I think the answer is no. So it's, it's, there's, there's ways to learn about ourselves and to look, and that's why community is important because you can talk about it, right? You say this happened, I responded this way. Phoebe, what do you think? Father Anthony, what do you think? Ethan, what do you think? Talk to your friends, talk to the people you know. And then once you've kind of figured out like, okay, this is my response to this thing, then you can then you can release it and you can let it fly away and trust the Father's mercy. Like a little board. Yeah. I don't know. What do you yeah. that's kind of my first response. Maybe that's completely missing the mark, but No, that totally helps. Like you're right. So community obviously brings us out because like yeah. first there's this first you I okay, now now that I talk about it, the Biscotti incident is a very good example because it's kind of funny. Yeah. But like you you have this Biscotti incident, right? And you're like holding on to it and you're like, this is so embarrassing. Mm-hmm. This is so like, I can't believe that I'm the, this person mm-hmm. like this defines me. And I use this as a, like, I put this on my name tag. I'm like, this is me. And, and when mm-hmm. Socrates says the unexamined life is not worth living. I'm like, I know who I am. Cause I got the biscotti in my life and I suck. I'm the biscotti thief. Yeah. I'm like the hamburglar, but for biscottis. And then you you like you bring out this you like have this attitude of i suck but that that attitude like brings you into yourself and you're like i can't i can't talk about this ever because then people will find who i am and then you bring it out in front of your community in front of two thousand people and you bring or you bring it to your friend or you bring it to your phoebe or you bring it to your father anthony (laughs) and then it starts you start to like see the reality of it it's like oh okay instead of viewing it through the lens of emotion through the view of your gut instinct you instead are able to view it from an objective like system too, where you're like, what happened here? An immature kid took something that didn't belong to him and felt bad about it. That's more objective. And that sounds like a very normal thing as opposed to, I am a monster. I took something from a sweet young girl, you know? Um, But yeah, the distinction that you made that I want you to elaborate on. Sure is the elaboration between judging yourself and knowing yourself. Mm. What is the difference? Mm. Because I feel like I equate the two yeah. and I tend towards judging myself. Yeah. Well, so the difference between judgment and knowledge, knowledge is uh, just knowing, right? If we, and what you're talking about, like unexamined versus examined. If I don't yeah. know... If I just kind of, this is the the best part about, have you seen The Irishman? No, and I keep meaning to watch it. You need to watch it. I won't spoil it, but the whole movie is about this man who ends up, uh, comes back from the war and ends up working for the the mob and um, does some pretty reprehensible things, works for Jimmy Hoffa and all this stuff, and it's all about the events leading up to Jimmy Hoffa's death. And I keep thinking about his character, it's Robert De Niro's character, I keep thinking about him because his life, he just lives completely unexamined. Hmm. And it's over years and years and years of him doing this, these terrible, terrible things. And there's like montages of these things. And, wow. and he just gets to the end of his life. Um, and at the end, you know, he's, he's going to confession. He's talking to, to a priest and he's in a nursing home and all this stuff. And at the end, it's just like a shot of him alone in his room. Um, about to die and it's like uh, that that's the result of an unexamined life is like hmm. 
he he went through his entire existence just kind of doing the next thing that was in front of him and he never really stopped to think about who he is and what he wanted to do and 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 it ended up him not really knowing God, not really being sorry for anything that he did because he never really yeah. thought about it any more than just, oh, this is what I'm going to do. And then he was alone, completely isolated from his family. And so I'm not saying that that's your situation. I'm just saying it makes me think of like that story and how how knowing ourselves means not just knowing what we've done that day, but why we're doing what we're doing. Um, okay. If it's like... If it's if you're a student, right, and it's finals week and you're stressed out or whatever, or if you're a student it's the middle of the semester and you just hate class, you'd like stop and think, why am I a student? Why am I doing this right now? If you have a job, right, and it's like, oh, this is the worst, I'm miserable, I'm doing this, that, the other thing, stop and think, why am I doing this? And maybe the reason is good and the reason will trump whatever emotion you're feeling in that moment of like, I'm doing this because I have a wife and kids at home and I need to do this. And that will trump whatever. But if you're just living and you're just kind of going from thing to thing, not knowing, that's that's bad, right? And then, so what's taking it a step too far is looking at what you're doing, looking at why you're doing it, and seeing, oh, I did this for this reason. That means that I am worthy of condemnation. Mm. Um. And then it's this self-condemnation where you you have this videotape where you rewind the thing that you did that you didn't want to do, um, and you watch it over and over and over again, like that episode of Black Mirror, uh, to White Bear. Yeah, no, anyway, haven't seen. Anyway, it. <laughs> um, th- and you watch it over and over and over again. And you think about it, and you you just remind yourself over and over again. You put yourself in this rut of. I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this, this was bad, this was bad, this was bad, this was bad. And that's not knowledge. You've, you know it already. You, yeah. You. <laughs> it's, the, it's the repeated hammering home of the self-condemnation. And it's, it leaves mm. no room for anyone, any other voice to penetrate. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the, or it, it goes the other way of like, I did this. It was really good. It was really good. It was really good. And you you judge yourself <laughs> to be okay, and you replay it over and over in your mind. And this is what where humility comes into play. Humility is um, not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. So there's this mm-hmm. weird paradox of like live well, examine yourself well, know who you are well, and know who your identity is as a son or a daughter of God. But when you get into this mindset of just constantly – just pouring over the records to find one flaw or one good thing, then that's not humility. You're look it's it's pride, but in a in a different form. Yeah, that's that was a really mm. long, it was really long. I'm so sorry. No, that was a good explanation. I want me to condense it, and if I'm wrong, just correct me. Yeah. So, like, I think knowledge, knowing yourself, is more about like understanding your motivation for doing things. Yeah. In general. Yes. It's not the what of what you did. Yeah. It's the why of like why you do things mm-hmm. in general. Not even like the why of like why did I do something that was bad. Yeah. It was like because I was tempted and I chose it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really the why. Yes. You know. And so knowing yourself is like what are my motivations? What are my core beliefs? That's who I am. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's like what I do is not who I am. But then judging yourself is kind of saying either what I did is who I am or you're and then yes. like leading to that judging mm-hmm judging of like what the eternal state of your soul is which none of us can know yeah 
with absolute but it's more judging like the temporal state of your soul of like because of because what i did is who i am that means i'm this person now Mm, mm -hmm. so it like changes who you are you might still hope for eternal salvation you might still hope that that jesus will have mercy on you but in the meantime you're going to take care of it yourself and say well jesus will sort me out later but in the meantime i am this guy because i did this yeah which is or i'm going to try and become a different person which is flawed it's it's like if i just took one thing that I've struggled with my whole life is like when I was in, not my whole life, but in the past couple of years, when I was in college, I didn't live the most chastely. And so for the past, for as long as I can, I've been a praying man, I've been trying to reconcile my, the fact of like, I did a lot of things that I'm, I'm not proud of. And I did a lot of things that were, that I've judged myself on for a long time of like, oh, I'm just the guy that when faced with this temptation, I do this. And mm. that's who I am. But in the past couple of you know months and, and years, it's more of, no, I'm I'm God's son, and He loves me, and He's not He's not mad at me for messing up. Yeah. He's not disappointed. He doesn't. It, it's it's the uh, the idea of the prodigal son. Like we want to we want to roll around with the pigs and like eat what the hired servants <laughs> eat, and we have no understanding that like we can go back. And, yeah. and be fully, fully alive and fully a part of the family, but we don't want to be because we don't think we can. Um, mm. But no matter how small or how big the thing is that you're judging yourself on, it's, or it's funny, it's the prodigal son story is so good because you have the judgments of like where you think you've done great with the older son and the judgment where you think you've done so wrong with the younger son. Yeah. And in both situations, the father's like, why don't you just come and hang out with me? Why are you so worried about what you've done? And why don't you just acknowledge the fact that like, I'm your father. I love you. Here's a party. Come, yeah, come to like, it. Let's hang let's out. Let's hang out. Yeah. So that's, yeah. There's so much fear in my, in my prayer, which is funny. Cause I'm like, nothing to be scared of though. Oh, it's You're so, not gonna it's get so funny smitten for stealing a biscotti. <laughs> Cause I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm like, oh no, like. I said a couple of days ago that I want to get through all of Isaiah and I don't really feel like I want to pray with Isaiah today. And God's like, Patrick, look at me. And I'm like, oh, I'm in adoration. I should probably just look yeah. at Jesus. You know, I'm like, it's like, don't, I stop, stop like, yeah, it, it's, it's my, it's my, my old box checking habits mm-hmm. coming back again. But like more of like, I've created a syllabus for my soul mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is where I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to follow this path. And God's like, Patrick, come to me yeah. i don't care he really about your plans 90 percent of prayer you. is god just telling us like i don't care about that <laughs> <laughs> i don't care about that why don't you just hey talk to me like listen uh, uh, i'm over here i'm mr me seeks look at me yeah that's true mm-hmm. that's oh gosh even even thinking about a guy like judas jesus still like mm-hmm. he was never mad at G- judas yeah he was never like he knew wow like if you knew that a dude was going to betray you and you like hung out with him for three years at a certain point you kind of start treating him differently <laughs> but the fact is that like none of the apostles none of the apostles knew who it was going to be right they were all like which we would never betray you but like they jesus loved judas so much right yeah. Even knowing what was going to happen to him. He let him have the Eucharist, even yeah. though he was going to betray him. Yeah, and so it's like, if he has that attitude towards that guy, 
then and then Judas, what does Judas do? He goes and he judges himself, right? Yeah. He he takes his life into his own hands and ends it literally. Yeah. And so it's like that's a that's that should be a lesson to us of oh okay, do I believe that Judas could have returned with Peter and and sat and ate fish with Jesus on the beach after the resurrection? Absolutely. Yeah. I do believe it. What a story that would have been. Yeah. Right? It's crazy enough that Peter came back. Yeah. I mean, if Judas had done that, we'd probably regard him as one of, like, the greatest saints of the church. Yeah. You know, like, the ultimate return. Mm-hmm. And it was possible. Not, I mean, it didn't happen, and it didn't happen for a reason. Um, But, yeah, so I think knowing yourself and judging yourself. There are ways that we can, things that we can use to know ourselves better. Um, most of it is friendship. Most of it is community. Most of it is putting yourself in situations where you're uncomfortable and you don't really know how to love people the best. That's mm-hmm. where you get to know yourself well. And then it's in the the prayer afterwards where you have to allow the Lord to sift through like, this is good, this is bad. Um, and then like talk about it. And so then it becomes less of like a judgment and more of a, how can I love better? Right. It's a, it's a test, a trial of love instead of a trial of yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm making it up as I go along. I'm just a guy who took a, but the good thing is that God isn't. What did you say? I'm just a guy who took a Buzzfeed quiz once to, (laughs) to figure out which Thomas, the tank engine character I am. (laughs) I, I only know two, Thomas and Gordon. Percy. Was it not Edward, Gordon? Percy, Edward, Gordon. L- these are all the boys. Can you please le- <laughs> learn some Thomas the Tank Engine lore? Can you, you please coward. learn your culture, you absolute Gosh, animal? <laughs> darn it. Were there any girl trains? Um, No. But what if there were? That's good. Actually, I think there That's were. That's good. But how could you tell the difference? Hey, I uh, I was thinking about our, our campaign to get verified on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, I haven't really checked the email lately, but I but I did. No way. And you're going to love this one. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so you know how we've undergone a rebrand? Yeah. Well, there was a there's another um, I'd say less of a person and more of an entity that underwent Is it a, Snoop Dogg underwent a rebrand um that wanted to reach out to us and and give us the full support and and this is really a step in the right direction i think with with this group on our side there's really no one else that can that can oppose us (laughs) um i would like to welcome the united states department of defense to the verify 2020 team (laughs) formerly the uh the department of war uh and now the greatest rebrand in history the department of defense and so are uh, we allowed to talk about this welcome Welcome, Department yeah. USDOD. Um, you are <laughs> in the mix. Uh, oh, you're just gonna put like a seal in the background, yeah, <laughs> or, like yeah. an American flag. <laughs> Could she give us like hats and like five star general stars? Oh, I don't. I don't want to take. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to get a rank here. I'm not trying to be a part of the military. I just am glad that for the first time ever, the Department of Defense has stepped out of its traditional role of uh, defense. And has, <laughs> has taken an active role in, in what really matters to this country, the culture war. 
verifying Ethan and Patrick on Twitter. Thank you so much to the Department of Defense. Yes. For your support. This is so good. Yes. Oh, that's so funny. The uh, the Department of War existed um, since since upon the seating of the first U.S. Congress of March 4th, mm-hmm. 1789. Um, they created a military defense force. Um, George Washington uh, did it. He, he pushed it through. He created the War <laughs> Department. And then it, it, the rebrand happened uh, in 1949. That makes sense. That's uh, when we were like, you know what? I was like, hey, we, we want to make sure that we can build nuclear weapons without actually declaring war on anybody. So we're going to do a quick uh, <laughs> scooteroo on this. <laughs> quick rebrand. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, speaking of nuclear weapons, I, I, one, of my, one of my hot takes that I can't do on the show as easily because it's a comic strip. Okay. But it's uh, someone goes, hey, you over there at any point. It's one of those side night and happiness uh-huh. comic strips yeah. the character points and the other guy goes don't you know it's rude to point and then they get into a pointing fight where they both point two arms at each other and then both legs and it's just two people in midair just pointing all their limbs at each other mm-hmm. and I captioned it this is how the Cold War started <laughs> that's funny <laughs> hey, you can't point that at me I'm gonna point at you yeah I'm gonna point all my <laughs> legs at you I'm gonna point all my department of defenses at you yeah I don't know much about I'm not a huge uh Military guy, but I do know that without the DOD, um, we wouldn't have the the Transformers initiative. Um, yeah. We wouldn't be able to work with the Autobots as closely as we do. Um, which is great. That's Honestly, if I'm being honest, most of my knowledge about the DOD comes from the first Transformers movie, which I think is <laughs> the, the Department of Defense Secretary, the Defense Secretary in that movie. This is Somebody unleashed this knowledge on me earlier, which yeah. I am baffled by. What's that actor's name? I don't know. Uh, Don Cheadle? No, not he's white. <laughs> Don uh, Cheadle is not white. D- Don Cheadle is the guy that plays uh, Rhodey in... Yeah, I know. You're thinking of Don <laughs> Rickles. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's the same guy. Uh, okay. DOD Secretary Transformers. John Voight. Okay, there we go. Gosh. I don't know who that is. You don't know who John Voight is? No. Look up a picture of John Voight real quick. Absolutely, this is good. Content. Just to remind, hey, John Voight is not the D, the the verified twenty. John Voight has notoriously not responded to any of my emails. It is hey, the that Department is Patrick Defense. Gates from that is the guy from. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's the, the guy from. Uh, it is the guy from National Treasure, which was funny because I thought you knew that. Um, no, I I, I didn't. So John, you, you were talking about Richard Gates from. Ah, Richard oh. Gates is a real politician. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> the, so all of this to say, right? Shia LaBeouf and John Voight have been in exactly two films together. What was the other one? Holes. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> he was the guy in charge of the camp in Holes. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> and so I, somebody said this to me, and I was like, no freaking way. They're in the same it's universe. It's the same universe. It's the same universe. Stanley Yelnats becomes Sam Witwicky, which is not that big of a leap, given how much money they found in the ground. He created a whole yeah. new identity for himself, got a Easy. new family. John Voight ascended the ranks in the United States penal system to eventually become the Department (laughs) of Defense, which is really like being the warden for the globe. (laughs) And then they were years later. The reason that they had such good rapport right off the bat is because he remembered him from uh, from holes, from holes, from the guy you reformed your life. You're fighting with the Autobots now. Lee yell Nats. Instead of digging holes, we're digging. uh, Digging Transformers. Auto, we're digging Transformers out of out of out, out of, of other holes, out of space, the space holes, and we're gonna punch them. <laughs> we're gonna put holes in in their holes. 
We got them. <laughs> we got them. The only the only uh, un- the only interaction I've ever had with the Department of of, Just- of Defense uh-huh. is uh, uh, the general from Johnny Test. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the only person I can think I've, of. I've only ever thought Jorgen von Strangle. Whenever he Jorgen reads, von Strangle. Whenever he reads me dull rules. He wasn't in the United States military. He was Scramble the fairies. <laughs> oh my gosh! Whoever played, whoever played, it was the guy who played Mr. Crocker, Timmy's dad. Um, it was the G- and Gordy, Gordon, Gordy, Gordy in Ned's Declassified. Declassified. Yeah, <laughs> that man is a genius. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, that's all I have for today. I'm so tired. I have a whole Me party too. to throw. Remember, remember to follow us on Twitter, but most of all, remember to support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash the crunch in order to the, you just remember all of your funds from patreon.com go towards getting us to SLS 2020. <laughs> um, the crunch crunch has been on some hard times recently. We've gone into a little bit of credit card debt. Uh, I'm just kidding. That hasn't happened, but we, we have, we were talking about some plans that we have before the show for a little bit of an expansion. We were talking about it. You look confused, but we were talking about it a little bit of an expansion. And the only way that we can expand properly is through your donation on patreon.com. So that's crunch. If you donate $3 or more a month, maybe $5, I don't know. You'll find out. Uh, If you donate that much amount of money or more, you're added to our special Patreon Facebook page. It's a great group of people. It's a bunch of laughs, bunch of posts, Andrew Jordan posts like every day. It's great. So come on down to patreon.com slash the crunch link in description good i'm gonna have so much editing to do on this episode and i don't have time what? to do it it starts at minute marker 30 okay so you can cut all that out yeah i gotta cut out the jokes that we made about uh louis ck <laughs> but well, i mean now everyone knows what the jokes were. i know yeah but now everyone <laughs> knows what's going on so yes please follow me on twitter i never tweet please follow me on instagram i never t- post on instagram but i will see that you follow me and i will know if you listen to this and do not follow me i'm so mad right now if you don't freaking follow me i'm gonna punch you patrick do you have anything else for the people remember nobody touch my biscuit thank you all for listening please pray for us we'll be praying for you and we will see you all next week When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.